When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. We are recapping another White Sox loss. They fall to Toronto 7-3, to and they fall to, I believe, 22 and, or is it 23 and 25 in the season? No, 22 and 23. 23 and 25, yeah. Yes. 23 and 25. Oh, my, my bad on that. It's no. just, it's, it doesn't I, I said lost 24 in my uh, in my tweet, too. So, you know, I just, I'm all over the place. I, I got my mind on vacation, and then the White Sox keep losing, and all the losses just keep turning into a blur. Uh, but we're talking about that today here on the CHGO White Sox postgame show let's introduce the team i'm sean anderson you can follow me on twitter at sean underscore w underscore anderson to my far left is Vinny duber you can follow him on twitter at Vinny duber he's the chgo white Sox beat writer and the man in the middle is herb lawrence hi you hello can, hi you can follow him on twitter at hector hall 23 he's the chgo white Sox community leader and today we are going to be talking about the seven to three loss but uh robert montgomery wants to say talk gun maverick uh is what he chose to watch instead of the white Sox game and it's an infinitely better decision i know you're against you know top gun maverick and all these sequels here Herb, but i'm not against you know it. a lot of good reviews coming out for top gun maverick i mean maverick should have gone to jail for killing goose i mean <laughs> other than that i've heard that Maverick, the new movie, is pretty good. Tom Cruise waited like 30 years to release it again, so he uh, knocked it out of the ballpark. I'm a, I'm a Mission Impossible man myself. Yeah? I love Mission Impossible. That's like one of my favorite movie series for sure. I haven't seen Top Gun. haven't mm. seen Mission Impossible. You've seen none of the no. seven Mission Impossible movies? Mm-hmm. Never seen Dude. a Bond. You've never wow. seen a never James seen a Bond. Bond movie? No, never seen a Bond. Seen Indiana Jones? Have you seen any of the Star Wars? Yeah, I've seen. I've seen. You've never seen a Star Wars. I've never seen the Star Wars. That's, that I, means you're I, not trying. I've that means seen you're not Star trying. War. My opinion on this is like you're not trying because it's so accessible. It's so readily available to you. It's it's not my thing, and that's fine. But I, like also never, like you've also just, never just seen give it. it two hours. Right. You, uh, I can think of one. I can think of three hours you spent tonight that would have been better served <laughs> watching a Star Wars movie. Amen. I mean. Uh, Hubbard just got on me when I said this before, but I've seen Spaceballs. I'm good. <laughs> I, you are pretty uh, good. I mean, like, that is a, it's a, good, a yeah. great movie. You're not missing out. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of the Tom Cruise stuff. Uh, oh, you know, just, definitely go, definitely go the, like, the Mission Impossibles. The only one you don't need to see is two. All the other ones are legit really good. They really screwed up the sequel. Two's no good. Two's no good. But the rest are good. It's kind of like Die Hard 2 where it's just absolutely terrible. The fourth and fifth one, also terrible. But hey, one and three weren't that bad. Uh, I've seen all of those, by the way. Uh, We're trying to avoid uh, talking about this White Sox loss. It was kind of bad everywhere. Uh, There were some good moments, but mostly just difficult to watch. Let's start off where we usually do with Michael Kopech, the White Sox starting pitcher we were talking it felt like it was going to be a big day for Michael Kopech but it didn't end up like that he only went three innings pitched today uh, which was difficult to see uh, and you know just really laboring trying to get through this outing 85 pitches on the day for Kopech what'd you guys make of Kopech's outing I think it's the gift and the curse you know having the rest that he had between starts was is good it gives him enough time, his body re- to regenerate, and also gives the team their plan that they want to keep his innings down. But also, with nine days off, maybe he lost a little command control of the pitches that he was throwing versus the Yankees last Sunday. So I don't know if that for certain, but that was what I saw today. He was not the same pitcher that showed up in Yankee Stadium last uh, Sunday. And that could be for multiple reasons, but it wasn't because the Blue Jays were necessarily hitting him hard, Sands Espinal with the first hit of the game. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he was not sharp. His fastball was getting pretty much seen, and he didn't get over the pitches that he needed to. So 
I don't know if they want to go with nine days again. Probably don't have the uh, availability or the luxury to do that again. But yeah, too much rest for him. That's what I'll I'll prescribe this to because I, this is the second worst start of his career. So yeah, Daryl called it the worst. Re- yeah. yeah, I mean he had a start right before he got hurt uh, in nineteen in two thousand nineteen or eighteen, where he gave up seven earned runs. And so this one is not that, but it's pretty bad. Walks, walks are not good. Right. He had uh, he had a few of them tonight, uh, but I mean, you know, homers aren't good either. Um, I, I don't know if you, I think you got to wait to to hear from him to see if it was the rest that affected him. I think, uh, you know, like I like we talked about in the pregame, some guys don't prefer rest. Some mm-hmm. guys prefer to be on that on that five day routine, uh, and this kind of thing can throw them off a little bit. Um, that being said, you know you gotta you gotta answer the bell, and, and uh, I, I don't think you could chalk this up to to mismanagement of him. You know they tried something that had worked for several of their pitchers, um, you know, in the past few seasons, and also they're trying to make sure that he is not overworked by the time they get to September and October. You know, if they get to October, um, <laughs> at this point, I think I got to start saying that now, don't I? But, it was um, like fifty four percent chance on five thirty eight today, uh, so it's probably dropped. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, they 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 are not they are doing what they believe is going to be in the best interest of Michael Kopech, not just this season, but in the long term. I think this falls into that category. Certainly, it could be a, a reason he was affected. But you know, you got to make your pitches, and uh, you know, I don't I don't think that you can be quite as uh, demanding as be like, you know, I better go out there on the exact same schedule every time, or I'm going to only be able to get nine outs. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you need to you need to. You need to be able to fall somewhere in the middle there, and uh, he wasn't able to do so today. Yeah, and Canole's uh, three five four one saying Kopech is a big boy; he can handle uh, the, the the workload. And I think scrolling up is why rest him at all. And it's clear because his results are usually better when he gets a decent amount of rest. Uh, when he's pitching on five days of rest, his outings look a lot different than when he's pitching on four days and and when you give him an extra six well you saw what he did against the Yankees it was the best start of his career so I think that they are looking to maximize Kopech and and get the most out of him when he is going to be starting and then the issue on May 15th against the Yankees when you know he did have five days of rest was that velocity wasn't staying crisp it stayed crisp uh, throughout the 85 pitches he threw today uh, but it just wasn't all there the location wasn't great and that was the main part that he got hit on it and they were all over his fastball today Uh, the yearly average uh, for exit velocity he gives up uh, is is around 95 Uh, that was the same for his fastball today but uh, average exit velocity given up today was 97.4 he was getting hit hard today the slider was getting hit hard the curveball was getting hit hard the four-seam fastball was getting hit hard we can look at where he was locating that four-seam fastball Um, we can go to the heat map and kind of see where he was missing it was mainly up was a little bit low, uh, but mostly it was near the middle of the plate, and that's mm. where the Blue Jays had most of their success. You could see that lower red part right there, and that's where a lot of the Blue Jays' damage happened. That's where Danny Jansen's home run came. That's where uh, Sant- uh, uh, Espinal's uh, home run came. So, uh, you know, Kopech, you talk about the days of rest, maybe not having him be as sharp as he usually was, just difficulty finding the strike zone tonight for Kopech and, and, and kind of making sure that fastball was placed in unhittable locations. Uh, you know, we talked about Kopech and Cease playing catch, how the ball rises on Cease and how it feels like it's going to hit his head in the pregame. Uh, it, it just felt like the the location wasn't there enough. So even though it was 95, even though it still had that rise, still in the middle of the plate. Yeah, and the Blue Jays are showing that they're this team that – Everybody thought there would be. I mean, the home run late, I know we're talking about Kopech, the home run late by Vlad Guerrero was just obliterated. We've seen home runs yesterday by Kirk. Today you get the Espinal leadoff home run, and uh, you're KPW's guy, Danny Jansen. Stop bringing him up, man. They're they're a team that's probably turning into what they're prescribed to be before this year started. And it's sad that the White Sox have to be the victim of their hitting. So it's I thought before this game, like, okay, Kopech's going to go out and give this team a chance to win through six. And only going through three, that's very disappointing. He didn't have it today, but the team showed fight. And I liked what I saw from the team up until, 
you know, like the sixth inning or seventh inning where it just was over and uh, that home run by Vlad just broke our, our back in the eighth. Yeah, I mean, it looked promising after one. I mean, A.J. Pollock hits a leadoff home run, which was great to see, and then Espinal ties it up after the first. But it's 1-1, but then, you know, even heading out of the third inning, uh, you're Ooh. down 5-1, to one and, you know, you were able to put a little bit of a rally together in the fourth, but nothing after the fourth inning, and the White Sox just weren't able to get over that hump. We do have a super chat coming in from Muhammad. He said, even though the Sox are doing bad, Watching them during the past month helped me cope with my fiance's miscarriage last month. Win or lose, the games have helped me keep my spirit up. Go Sox, go Sox, and uh, best of luck to your fiance and, and you uh, later on. Uh, hopefully that she's been able to, to get healthy, recover, and, and hopefully you guys are doing well as a family. Uh, and hopefully the Sox can start winning. Hopefully they can keep your spirit up with some losses soon. Uh and I see some frustration vented by Melissa as well, uh, saying we've been. It feels like we've been sold a bill of goods. Uh, there are a lot of gaping holes after the ALDS, and I, you know, I honestly don't know if I disagree with Melissa there, just because. A lot of issues with left-handed power. It really feels like that hasn't been solved for the White Sox just yet. The bullpen's still struggling. It hasn't been perfect, but you know, I mean, it, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, the bullpen today, after Kopech goes three innings, uh, shutout innings from Ruiz, Crick, Foster, and then Bennett Souza comes in and gives up the home run to Vlad Guerrero. Um, you know, just looking at the way that they addressed the issues in the offseason, the defense really hasn't improved. Uh, the bullpen was a main focus for them, but I don't know if it was a main focus for the fans. And starting rotation might have gotten worse. I know Johnny Cueto has been good, but, you know, you don't have Carlos Rodon being that fifth starter. And uh, the, the hitting hasn't lived up to expectations so far. And, again, no left-handed power yet. And the power hasn't been there. They haven't been walking. Uh I guess maybe instead of throwing out all of these issues all at once, maybe let's go through some of these issues and see if they have addressed those or if they still need addressing. I think the biggest one coming out of the ALDS was defense. Uh, have you felt like that's improved, Herb? Have you felt like that's not improved? What do you think about this team right now and maybe possibly being sold a bill of goods? The team is bad defensively. They didn't improve, but... I have my problems with what Rick Hahn and the front office did with the offseason, but this team currently constituted should be better than they are. That's what I think. Like, even if the you have the people on the field, at 23 and 25, those people on the field are much better than that. So they've underperformed, even though they might have missed opportunities to improve the team. So, yes, I believe that Rick did do some things that I wouldn't have done in the offseason, but he's the GM. And I thought that it was a subpar offseason. But this team on the field should be much better than they are. They're the ones who are failing. Rick Hahn's not failing right now. That's that team is failing. So I wouldn't give Rick too much uh, crap about the team and how they're performing right now. Yeah. The, the biggest problem is that they're not hitting. And I don't think anybody, you know, with maybe a, a few preferences in certain positions, but I don't think anybody at the beginning of the season was going to be like, oh, man, this lineup is, is too light. You know what I mean? This lineup isn't powerful enough. I don't think anybody would have said that. Uh, you know, you can point to spe some very specific areas, but right. They were supposed to have the best lineup in baseball. Paul, you're right. And uh, No, Phil, he's not shaving his mustache ever. Yeah, we're not saying we're not <laughs> Stop that. it, Phil. <laughs> Hey, since the, since the mustache has been grown, they made the playoffs for the first back-to-back uh, -back years for the first time in franchise history. I so. saw a picture of 2019 Vinny without a mustache, and it, you know, it, very good-looking guy. Mm. But I will say, the mustache definitely just adds that that certain touch, that a certain, certain je ne sais quoi. I was going to say it. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> more French, but yeah, more French. Exactly, carrying over from the post pregame. But uh, but yeah, no, Herb's exactly right. I mean, they've got a whole bunch of guys out there who aren't hitting the ball, who aren't scoring runs. I mean, this was supposed to be an offensively-led team. You talk about, you know, there were a lot of people, a lot, a lot, a lot of people who were begging for starting pitching upgrades over uh, during the offseason, mostly because of, uh, you know, what they thought of Dallas Keuchel, who's mm -hmm. now since been DFA'd. But I think, you know, you look at the emergence of Kopech, who obviously had a bad game today, but, um, you know, you look at the emergence of Kopech as kind of that replacement Rodon, I don't know if the, the rotation is so much worse. If anything, it's probably better, at least in the right now. Who knows how Johnny Cueto is going to keep pitching, but better than Dallas Keuchel 
right. for the for the moment. Uh, and the bullpen's been very good. So you talk about those issues from the ALDS, and, and they carried over. I don't think those issues, while they might not have been solved to everyone's, pre- you know, preference. Uh, they are not the reason that this team has gotten off to such a uh, disappointing start. That is quite possibly the same reason they lost the ALDS, which was a bunch of good players not playing well. Right, and (laughs) and a bunch of players just not being there as well is another issue for this team. I saw people reacting to this lineup and being like, hey, it feels like we have a good lineup, and it's Pollock, Vaughn, Abreu, Robert, Berger, Garcia, Engel, McGuire, Mendick. Like, there's still a lot of names missing. You're still missing Aloy. You're still missing Tim Anderson. I know it's an excuse, honestly, to keep saying, well, they're, they're, they're injured. Uh, that's the only thing right now that I could think of. Uh, it's, they're not walking and they're not healthy is the main issues with the offense. And here's another example today. The Blue Jays walk eight times. The White Sox walk one. And that walk came in a really big, important moment, loaded the bases for the White Sox. And Jose Abreu had one chance with two outs to make something happen. And he's been very good over the past 10 games. And he just wasn't able to get it done in that moment. And and that's the most difficult thing is it just really feels like the approach hasn't improved yet. And there has been more baseballs going to the opposite field. There has been more baseballs going up the middle. Uh, But just that breakout game. It felt like it might have happened, especially after A.J. Pollock leads off the game with the home run. But, you know, you get three runs off Ryu, he gets pulled out, and then the Blue Jays' bullpen absolutely shuts you down. It's another frustrating game where it's kind of like what you talked about earlier. You know, they get a run in the first, they get a run in the second, they get a run in the fifth, and then the other frames are just deserts, you know? So that's the issue with the White Sox is you're not able to get continuous runs continuous streaks where guys are getting on base and that's one thing that your colleague James Fegan wrote about recently was the White Sox stranding runners on base and outs at home and outs on the base pass when you're doing that and have a low OBP that's going to lead to disastrous you know offensive performance here through the first 48 47 games I mean we talked about it in the pregame stringing hits together is what they need to do in the times they scored runs they they did that just one. You know, they had Vaughn hit the error off of, of the glove in right field, and then Abreu homered, and, and that was it. That was the only multiple-thing run-scoring moment that they had throughout the game. You know, there were chances uh, at first and third with one out at one yep. point. They had bases loaded with two outs, uh, you know, at one point. Couldn't get it done. And, and you know what I mean? Winning teams get that done. You saw the White Sox do it last year. And, and the year before when they were a winning team, uh, they're not doing it right now, and they're not a winning team. They're under 500. That's a that's the reason why. Uh, it's 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 perplexing. I would have to imagine that it's perplexing to everybody in that lineup and everybody on that coaching staff. Uh, I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. These guys are these guys aren't just sleepwalking. They're trying. They're trying to do this. The fact that they're not is incredibly curious and it's incredibly surprising given the expectations they had given I mean quite frankly what we know all these guys are capable of I mean that's the thing it's not like you can point to these guys and be like well that didn't pan out the way they thought it did that didn't pan out the way they thought it did you know that these guys are good right right I mean everybody's seen them do it and they're just not doing it right now and again we we said it I said it before the game until it's until it happens, until it clicks for this team, it is just waiting for it to happen. And you have no idea when that wait's going to end. Uh, we had a commenter that said, you know, have they tried, have they tried checking to see if the offense is plugged in, maybe turn it <laughs> off, turn well, it off and turn it back on. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of taking the N64 cartridge out, blowing on it, putting it back in. They really should consider doing that because it just, it's just, you're like, this isn't working. I don't know why this isn't working right now. And that's kind of what we got. Well, and that's the frustrating part yeah. about it. There's no easy fix to this there's no answers from us there's no answers from them none from the gm none from the coaching staff this just has to be okay it just happens or it doesn't like and that's what's the frustrating part about it because you know that yoan mancata is much better than he's shown you know the grandal is much better than the sluggy percentage he's out there with this team and you know that aloy if they come back and he wasn't hitting when he was even healthy early in the year this team 
has people who can do the job. We've seen them all last year have decent years. We've seen Yohan Mankata have a pretty good year in 2019. And now he's a, he's a, a shell of himself. It's just so frustrating that you see it and then they can't fix it. And you're just sitting here just watching it for three hours every day. And it's just so frustrating because you know this team is better than what they've shown. It's so bad. And, yeah, they're a bad team. They are currently a bad team. If they turn around, we'll talk about how good they are at that time. But right now, there's nothing you could say about this team, but they are bad. Well, Paul Correct, it really just feels like he wants me to say they suck. Uh, every comment that he has has mentioned they suck. So just for Paul Correct's you know, sanctity here, uh, I will say they suck right now. Uh, there you go, Paul. Uh, I, I just... I don't know if it means that they will suck for 162 games because I see a lot of people saying Minikino to the moon, fire him to the moon, and, uh, you know, uh, this offense is terrible, and you got to shake up the coaching staff. And I thought Matt Spiegel did a really good job today at, in the 4 p.m. hour of the uh, Parkinson Spiegel show uh, at six, uh, on 670 the score today around 4 p.m., uh, just talking about Daryl Boston and talking about Joe McEwing and the fact that those guys were left on the coaching staff when Tony came in. Um, and I know Joe McEwing uh, knows Tony just from playing underneath him. Uh, but it really felt, and we kind of talked about this, like the only new addition to that coaching staff, Miguel Cairo also, but was Ethan Katz. And it feels like that success has, has really you know, shown. The, the best part of this team so far has been the pitching. But the stuff that has continued to you know get worse is the remnants of that Rick Renteria staff in, you know, uh, the, the hitting coach in Frank Minichino, the first base coach in Daryl Boston, the third base coach in, in Joe McEwing. So I just wonder if that is part of what is wrong it is maybe there is just this organizational entire misconnection where, you know, you have guys from different regime, you don't have the same thought process and you see the Dodgers and you see the Giants, they all have these different margins where they're able to make up wins and gain wins on other MLB teams. And I just don't know if the White Sox are in 100 uh, percent synergy here in, in making this a winning organization, because right now the players are struggling. But also, I think that the coaches are struggling as well. Like, I, I just feel like this might be an organizational wide struggle, which the players, if they're able to snap out of their struggle, might be able to hide some of those problems. But I think that's where you get into the playoffs and you go up against an Astros team that's been there and done that and is consistently getting there. That's where you see the giant holes. And this Toronto series, I think you've been seeing a lot of those holes because it's very reminiscent of that Houston series because Giolito got chased early, Lynn got chased early, and then the White Sox just need to struggle and fight back from these games, and it just feels like, again, another good team is just being good against the White Sox, and the White Sox just struggle because they're not the best defensive team, they're not the best uh, team hitting, they don't have the best approach or play patient approach, uh, they're not the best base running team. Like I, I just feel like when you go up against these good teams, that's where you start seeing the margins of difference between the White Sox and those upper echelon teams, because we we all thought Toronto was a playoff team this year, and yeah. they're hell, sure of hell uh, showing it this year. Uh, I mean, they got a deep lineup, and, and guys that aren't Vlad Guerrero, you know, hitting the cover off the ball like Tanny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. So uh, it, it's just impressive to see what a, a true playoff team looks like. And I understand why White Sox fans are at least questioning uh, this team right now, sitting at 23 and 25. And I know everybody's frustrated and they want a pound of flesh. So they want to fire Frank Minichino. They want to fire Tony La Russa. If I thought that any of those things would help this team be a better team, I'll be right there with you. But I don't know. If you fire in Tony La Russa, if this team is going to be actually better at baseball. Same thing with Frank Minichito. Same thing with Darrell Boston. Now, he has a good point. Sean has a good point. Like, this is, and it was Matt Spiegel's point, It was right? Matt Spiegel's point. So, yeah, it was. it's an organizational <laughs> thing where Jerry's loyalty really, you know, is a good thing. And also, it's a curse because these guys have been with the team forever and the team is underperforming. Daryl Boston apparently was he do the the defense for the offense for the uh, outfield? outfield outfield coach. So that's not great. But they're playing outfielders who are not outfielders out there. So that's true. That's why you see the difference there. That might be part of the organizational flaws where you have them play uh, Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn out there in the outfield because they have to find a spot. So yes, I would love for somebody to get fired if it means the White Sox become better. But I don't think that's the case. I got, I got a question for you guys here. Do you think if you were to fire the manager, you'd have a better chance at winning the World Series this season? No. No. 
I was just going to point out only two teams have ever fired their manager midseason and actually made it to the World Series. The Marlins? Marlins were one of them in 2003. The other was the 1978 Yankees. I remember them. It was a good year. Yeah, great year. Billy I Martin? Loved, I love 1978. Yep. Billy yeah, Martin was the coach it. like 20 times. So I, I think just saying Billy Martin <laughs> gave me a good <laughs> so, chance yes. of getting that one right. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if you know, firing Tony's the, the thing. Cause like I said, it's, it's not just on Tony. It's not just on Daryl Boston. It's not just on Frank Minichino. It's not just on Joe McEwing. Like those guys aren't up there taking a hundred pitches each game. Those aren't the guys not walking. Like this is another game with one walk. I mean, it's, it's the White Sox batter's choice to swing or not. I, I mean, at the end of the day, like I, I heard the whole discussion with Mendick yesterday. It's like, you know, why did Mendick, Mendick's been playing baseball his whole life. Why did he choose to go? Even if Daryl Boston's telling him to go, well, you know, that might be a choice where maybe Daryl Boston made a bad send, but you know, swinging at a three, two ball in the, the left-handed batter's box, that's on you. That's on the batter right there. The only person telling you to swing there is you and your brain. So it's clearly not just on the coaches. It's not just on the batters. It's not just on the pitchers. There is no, you know, true cohesion on this team right now. There's nothing clicking for this team. The bullpen isn't fully clicking. The batting isn't fully clicking. The the coaching fully isn't clicking. Like, this is just a team that's off kilter. Will they be able to get back on track? I'm not sure. But honestly, I look past the Jays. The Rays look pretty weak. The Dodgers look fairly weak. The Rangers come to town. This They're schedule fi- does get easier. The so, Rangers are 500. Eh, oh, boy. But <laughs> that's, that, that, I don't know. Hey, that's troubles, friends, for us. <laughs> are they? Ab- it's only if the teams are above 500, then the I White mean, Sox start today, getting If issues. they win today, they're above 500. Hey, they got a plus run differential. The White Sox don't. Yeah. Uh, they spend a bunch of money on a bunch of people that will eventually help them out, but Marcus Simeon ain't helping them out, not too much. And then Corey Seager's struggling. Johnny Gray's doing well, so they're a little bit better. They're they're doing well. They spend a bunch of money, some say foolishly, but I'm sure that people down in Texas watching the Texas Rangers games are enjoying this Rangers game and this outfit better than the 2021 Rangers outfit. Yeah, I mean, listen – Herb, you were right when you said, you know, the the reason you do something like that, something that is extraordinarily drastic, you know, costing, you know, costing a person their job. It's easy for everybody to watch on TV and think these are fictional characters sometimes, you know, but, uh, you know, you, you the only reason you do something that drastic is because it is the the spur that, that gets things going. Um, and I think people think that it is, you know, lighting a fire under somebody's ass or something like that. I think it more than more times than it doesn't, has a detrimental effect because you're talking about a a clubhouse that has been built and constructed. Now, listen, if there are things going on behind the scenes where someone's presence is... Is, is not working or you or, or even you know someone standing in the cage and they're telling uh, the hitters wrong information that is going up there and, and hurting the at bats but this is on the players guys the, the, the players are, are, are the players are striking out the players are leaving guys on base the players are, are, are grounding out and not getting it done the players are not stringing things together the answer to just losing is not someone has to go. The answer to losing is what can be done to stop the losing. And just being like, oh, well, that guy's gone. Now all of a sudden everything's magically better. That doesn't really, that doesn't really work. And I, I think that, uh, you know, you got to look at a bunch of players who have said, Tony Lewis has been very, you know, positive in that clubhouse and a, and a positive contribution to that clubhouse. Uh, a guy who lets them, you know, be the guys that they want to be and, and, and talks about their personalities meshing with his. Um, those are those are positive things, and, and I think if you take that away, that has a, a, a negative effect because you know it's not just it's not just the numbers you see, see on the stat sheet. It's not this team the team that the team that wins the team that that succeeds has to succeed in every area, not just you know the result of this at bat every time. You know what I mean? Right. You can't minimize it to that. And listen, are they bad right now? Yeah, they are. They can't hit, but. It's not, it's not as easy as you click a button 
and, and you know, in Mr. Burns' office and someone goes down the chute <laughs> and all of a sudden everything's going great. That's just, that's just not how it works. And so we'll see. Listen, I understand people want answers and, and people want things to change. The things that got to change is that the guy's got to get hits. Right. And well, <laughs> Little Yumper makes a great point. Ask the Cubs how many batting coaches they went through after they won the World Series. Um, that's true. I think literally every single year. I mean, Chili Davis was made the, the scapegoat, I think, yep. in 2017. Like, it, it's the players didn't change. The core of that team didn't change until last year when they traded Bryant and Rizzo and Baez and moved on from all of those players. Like, it, it is the collection of the players. And you see Jose Abreu snapping out of it. You see Andrew Vaughn's great at bats like Luis Robert clearly looked just out of sync today he, he looked very much like he missed a week of baseball like that's not really on the, the coaches there uh you know they, they gave him regular batting practice and everything they're not going to send him down because they need Luis Robert so you know that's not really on on the coaches and I understand you know the, the players are coached by the the uh the players are coached by the co coaches but also, like, it hasn't been true their whole entire life. Like, Tony Larusa just got here last year. Well, here's, here's, here's a good example, or here's a good scenario for you guys, right? You know, let's say they make the drastic decision to try to save the season by getting rid of Tony, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say the, the, new, the new manager, whoever it is, Miguel Cairo, comes, shows up tomorrow, sends the White Sox out there, and all the same hitters do the exact same things that they did today. Then whose fault is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, then whose fault is it? And, and well, and and at that point, I think it just is who who constructed the team because if the players aren't performing and the coaches aren't performing, well, then it's it's probably just then on Rick Hahn who who created the team. Sure, but, but yeah. you're going to say that it's Rick Hahn's fault that Yasmani Grandal is hitting no, a, a buck not. whatever? That it's right. Rick Hahn's fault that Yoan Moncada is hitting a buck whatever? I mean. It, it's just not working, and it's nobody's fault that it's not working except the guys who are supposed to be getting hits aren't getting hits, and they're not scoring runs. And that, and here's the thing. Baseball, you got to score runs to win. I've heard that. <laughs> Fun fact. So and Jason Jay mentions against the best team in baseball, Miguel Cairo is 1-0. So there you His go. His managerial record is pristine. In the famous <laughs> corn game. Uh, but we ought to mention, uh, someone Someone on the show said the Dodgers are weak. Uh, I'm going to absolutely back that up. They've played the lowest amount uh, of games against 500 opponents. I understand they're 33 and 16. They just lost two straight against the Pirates. All right, the White Sox absolutely can take on the Dodgers at home. And if you're looking, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to sell a bill of goods here. Uh, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. And yeah, I said it, the Dodgers are weak. And if you think I'm wrong, you think I'm wrong and you want to maybe win some money because I'm going to be betting on the White Sox when they take on the Dodgers next Donations. week. I'll be doing it on PointsBet. You can prove me wrong and win some cash by downloading that PointsBet app and signing up online. Online signups available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You will be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 and two. The, the Dodgers rotation is just going to be weak. You're going to have Cease, Kopech, and Cueto for the Sox versus the Dodgers. Possibly, maybe we'll see how they handle Kopech, but Vince Velasquez is going to be starting for the Rays uh, against the Rays. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. And then Mitch White, Tyler Anderson, and Tony Goslin are the started probable pitchers for the Dodgers. I'm Sounds just like four runs for the White Sox <laughs> that, that whole series. Uh, guess what, Sean? What? The Pittsburgh Pirates are playing the L.A. Dodgers. Do you want to take a gander of who's, uh, who's winning? winning this game? Uh, absolutely, the Dodgers. Dodgers are not. It's 5-2 to two, Pittsburgh. Let's go, baby. The Pirates are getting a sweep. Anything can happen in baseball. The White Sox are sweeping the Dodgers, and they're sweeping the race. Do you know what? Stop Screw it. Screw it. They're going to lose tomorrow against Manoa and then win six straight. That's enough. I don't care. I'm, <laughs> it's not even it's yeah, delusion I mean, Shaw, Yeah, Shaw could say that because he won't be here tomorrow or Sunday. Don't give away my secret. Or Monday, so he won't have to deal with all this 
these losing games the White Sox are have to go through. I'm going to show up weekend. on Tuesday, and this is going to be a different White Sox team. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I started this full-time job. I needed to start getting into a routine. I'd be waking up at, you know, 4 p.m., 12 p.m., 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m. I didn't have a constant routine. You're waking up at 4 p.m. Hey, that, that's, that's that. you know, <laughs> over, overnights with uh, the grabber, uh, you know? I mean, you never know. weird though right no it's still weird they're waking up at 4 p.m well you know you get you you leave the score around like 5 30 you get home you shower you fall asleep at seven and then you end up waking it up at four because you got nothing to do uh but anyways now this job gives me a reason to wake up at 9 30 and i need to start getting into a routine and i start that routine with ag1 i've been doing it now for around six weeks it doesn't taste super healthy it's kind of a mild tropical taste that i look forward to each and every morning with one delicious scoop of AG1. I absorb 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. This special blend of ingredients supports my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, my energy, my ability to recover, my ability to focus, my ability to just stay beautifully smooth and young looking, all of the important things that we care about in life. Athletic Greens is lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And Athletic Greens has over 7,002 five-star reviews, the extra two coming from Herb and I. We absolutely love it. Right now, it's your time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop uh, It's just one scoop and a cup of water each and every day. That's it. No need for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgosox. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash chgosox to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Um, yeah, 4 p.m. It's not that crazy. You've done grabber shifts, right? Yeah, but I like woke up at noon after that. Well, you take a shower before you go to sleep? After the score, yeah. Oh wow! I mean, that, oh, that, I mean, that, yeah, I got no, you. The, I got you. Yeah, it's you got to get the, the, that, that, that place off you. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's kinda you kinda guys feel there. that way, but this place I don't feel that way too much. But uh, yeah, definitely the score has to. Uh, Louis uh, Sacamando saying it's understood that it's on the players, but the entire organization after the 2020 season told us that it's World Series or bust, and that's the reason why Tony was brought in here, which is absolutely correct. I mean, All that those was things are true. the that's idea that Ricky was a friend and Tony is going to be a boss, a guy that's going to help you win games. That's what he's been doing his whole life. He's a baseball man. Uh, and they won 93 games in 2021, but as men is pretty in 2022. Yeah, I mean, we weren't commenting necessarily on that, Louis. Yeah, we 100% agree that... Rick Hahn and Tony La Russa and all these people are at fault for this team not being the World Series champion, you know, this year. They won't probably won't be because he wants us to talk to him after the parade. That's I'll get on Rick for. But the, the way these players are playing, hell no. I'll not get on Rick for how these players are playing. The back of the baseball card says these guys are good. Yasmani Grandal is supposed to be much better than he is right now. He is one of the worst hitters in history, I believe, in slugging percentage. And he's not that guy. He is not that guy at all. So something's wrong with those guys specifically. So it's not on Rick for Yasmani Grandal to hit how he's supposed to hit. Right, and Grandall, so far, I mean, Rick's job is to sign premium free agents. He, he was a premium catcher at that time, and for the first two years, he's delivered in that contract. It's just been right now. It's it been a, a really slow start. It was a steal last year. Mm -hmm. He was a steal for the biggest contract in White Sox history as a free agent. I think he still can be that with just regular at-bats. If he just is the Yasmani that we really usually get, he'll be back to regular Yasmani. But tough to give him regular at-bats when, you know, he, he bats yesterday, lead off DH, and then he's out today, and then he's going to be back in tomorrow. I know it's set up that way for Manoa, but, you know, it's not really, you know, he's not really getting those consistent at-bats. I would like to see him maybe at DH more just so you could see more Grandal. Maybe he can find something that's working at the plate. That'd be nice. We did see Moncada pinch hit today. Uh, we will see him play tomorrow. He's one of the guys that hasn't been lining up with the back of the baseball card. Uh, another guy that needs to step up with the bat his defense has been good uh but looking at all of the places where the white Sox need to step up third base 
catcher, especially Grandal hitting, and then second base, second, second base, base. In a big way. Yeah. yeah. Outside of that, any other spots? Because it feels like starting pitching's been good, bullpen's been good. I mean, you have Bennett Souza going up against Vlad Guerrero Jr. That's not a good matchup, but there's no one else really to throw in say, that situation. I would, say, I would say one of those corner outfield spots, there. kind of yes. like you know, Aloy is has been hurt, right. right? And so, and but I would say, and Vaughn has been good, but not in. But the outfield, but with the bat. Right. And so if you were to go ahead and throw out your optimal White Sox lineup, is Andrew Vaughn even in the outfield or is he a DH? Uh, If that's the case, then I would say that, you know, the A.J. Pollock area could be better. But he's been fine, I guess, the last little bit. I mean, not overly impressive, really, but, you know... You know, you go back to that. You go back to the offseason, right? And what mm-hmm. everybody wanted them to do. I think AJ Pollock is as good as you probably, you know, maybe not could have hoped for. There's a few more powerful bats uh, on the on the market there. Kyle Schwarber hit his 13th home run tonight. There you go. But AJ Pollock coming off the year that he came off of last year was, I think, all of us agreed, a positive addition uh, in the outfield. There, uh, he has not certainly con- hit up to that level yet, but. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's kind of the same old song and dance uh, to, to to quote Aerosmith. With with really every uh, every area that's struggling on this team right now is well, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, kind of thing. They're not doing what they could envision. And hey, it could turn around, but when is it gonna? We have no idea, and that's the problem. Yeah, Pollock two for four tonight and had two balls uh, over a hundred uh, hundred miles per hour off the bat. One of them was the the first inning home run. Uh, we haven't talked about that, but it really did feel promising for the White Sox in the first Third inning. Third pitch of the game, oh just just drilled. Third pitch of the game, a high fastball up in the zone, and he absolutely took it deep, and it felt really good as a White Sox fan, especially us kind of building up with Ryu struggling. It's a lefty, and the White Sox hit lefties hard, and they. Hit him hard today, knocked him out uh, after four innings. We can look at the pitching line uh, now and, and just look at where the White Sox uh, you know, did well against Ryu, where they didn't do well. Four innings pitch for Ryu, three earned runs for him, four hits allowed, no walks, four Ks. Kopech, three innings pitch, five earned runs, six hits, four walks, four Ks. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, Kopech gets knocked out after the third inning, and then you, you push Bennett Souza in. You're not able to extend that bullpen at all, and, you know, that's – the issue, I think, with the Sox here is this bullpen's a little bit overused. Giolito goes three and two-thirds. Kopech goes four innings. Uh, Ryu wasn't great, but also you look at last night, Gosman was good enough. They were able to protect that bullpen enough, and uh, they, they had uh, guys ready to go today. Sox, not so much. And, and, you know, again, the bullpen was fine, but, you know, what if Johnny Cueto has another bad start tomorrow and, you know, the White Sox have to – belabor this bullpen again they will have Jimmy Lambert uh joining the roster tomorrow but that's not a not a ton of help we need help uh, I mean the Hawkeroo would say you're not gonna have Kyle Crick who pitched awesomely today he's three innings pitched in this whole series he's been a revelation he's been much better than the guy who showed up with the White Sox earlier in this year so he was good and for the most part the bullpen was good until you give up that home run with Ben and Sousa in the eighth inning yeah you can't have starts like you have from Michael Kopech and from Lucas G. Little back-to-back because, yeah, like you said, Quato had a bad start his last time out, and if you go to got to go to the bullpen early tomorrow, it's going to be troubles. You're starting a series with Tampa Bay over the weekend, too, and I know you think the Dodgers are weak. There's a day in between there for a rest day going against the Dodgers, that gauntlet of an offensive team there, too. So, yeah, they need to get their stuff together on the – pitching side even though they've been carrying the White Sox this for the most part this whole year so starting pitcher has been faltering a little bit probably tired because their backs are hurting from carrying our the whole whole White Sox wins this year so yeah I need to have better efforts from the guys I know they're not trying to do this and Hunter Ryu was no special it wasn't special at all today. They should have hit him much harder than they did. Well, and people are asking right now, uh, Paul Correct saying, we're celebrating Kyle Craig and defending Bennett Souza. I'm not defending Bennett Souza, but he was literally the only pitcher available to go out tonight outside of Bennett Souza. I said he was bad. In yeah. the eighth, up until the eighth I mean, inning, when Bennett Souza gave up that home run. He's their worst pitcher, and they threw him out in a 5 3 ball game. I mean, like that that's not really a, a sign of you know confidence. Is he their and worst the guy, pitcher? 
It's either him or Tanner, Tanner Banks. Banks but, has not been very good. Yeah, and, late, and also yeah. the idea, too, is that those guys would be off the roster once Kelly's healthy and once Graveman's able right. to play in, in Tampa Bay. So, I mean, you know, that bullpen, looking at that bullpen, that bullpen is, is pretty good. Uh, but the issue is you're paying, you know, 27% of your payroll on something to protect leads when you can't get a lead. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's yeah. the thing is right now, you know, ding, here, ding, here, ding. here's the yeah. issue with the White Sox bullpen. I, I was all pissed off this offseason at the fact that they're spending 27 percent of their payroll on the bullpen. It and worked. That, they that couldn't worked. Hit. That part of it worked. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the fact that they didn't spend anywhere else, uh, that, that didn't help. Uh, you know, spending money on Josh Harrison and Leary Garcia, that didn't help the offense. They're under a 500 or 50 uh, OPS plus. I think uh, A.J. Pollock, uh, I know that was a trade and I, I'm really glad to not have Craig Kimbrell on the team. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he'll come back. You he'll know, come back if, to Chicago this week. Yeah, he will. And that's tribute hey, video. Hopefully, <laughs> tribute video. I hope he gets a tribute video. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's frustrating. I, I just think that you know, starting to trade someone right now, I think it's still a little bit too early. I think they need to trade for someone though. I, I think that what you see is Gavin Sheets isn't going to get this done. Leary Garcia isn't going to get this done. Josh Harrison isn't going to get this done. Reese McGuire is really good at catching. He needs to be your 26th worst hitter, but you got Danny Mendick, Adam Engel still on this team. Like there is still issues with the 20th hitter on this team, the 21st hitter on this team, the 25th hitter on this team. Like that's the, the the big issue is this team needs to get healthy and they still need that extra pop or that extra consistent bat on the bench. Maybe it's Danny Mendick, but I don't think that's going to last for too long. So I think that's the issue. I, I think trading Moncada would be a mistake, especially since he hasn't been fully healthy this year. Sheets is not a part of the core, so I don't think that's worry, worth it. Aloy hasn't played enough to see how fully healthy he is, so I don't think anybody wants to trade for him. He needs to actually go out and prove that he can play. Well, also, uh, what is this? I mean, I mean, these guys are signed to long-term contracts right. to be cornerstones yeah. for your team. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you give up on it now, you're you're blowing up the whole thing, and that's that's they are not there yet. Uh, this has been a bad two months, no doubt about it, uh, and they need to start, you know, getting some performances right quick if they're going to salvage the season. But uh, the the you know getting rid of Aloy and Moncada that's just uh, the complete opposite of the direction that that had them on the path to looking like such a contender in the first place. And here are the guys that are underperforming that have played you know under thirty or thirty games or more. Uh, Gavin Sheets who has a weighted runs created plus of eighty. Uh, Yasmani Grandal who has a weighted runs created plus of. 49. Josh Harrison, who has a way to runs created plus of 55. Uh, Leary Garcia, who has a way to runs created plus of 33. AJ Pollock, who has a way to runs created plus of 65. But still, Tim Anderson overperforming, or not overperforming, but performing to his level. Luis Roberts been a little bit underperforming, but also he hasn't been fully healthy. Jose Abreu has been heating up, and Andrew Vaughn has been great. So there is still some bright spots with that offense. I think it's just all about getting healthy and maybe things will start turning around. I mean, I, I, I right now they're 23 and 25. I can't tell you right now that this team looks good out on the field. But what I can say is that there still is a lot of games left. And that's, I think, what we've been trying to, to harp on is once this team gets fully healthy, maybe it starts coming around because the pitching has been really good. Their ERA is well, above, uh, well under four, and obviously Toronto's going to knock that up a little bit. But... I just I think that this team it's not full panic mode just yet for me. It can't be. Right. I mean it can't be. They and and as we've talked about a few times they're in a they're in a bit of a box too. Uh, I mean, you know, they don't have a lot to trade. I don't know what deal they're going to put together that brings them in the offensive savior that everybody's looking for. That offensive savior is probably on the team right now and he and that that guy needs to to find it and turn it around. Uh, the one thing that has not worked, second base, you know, I mean, I think before the season or before the offseason got going again, I you know, I was adamant that that was their biggest need and uh, to to solve it with Josh Harrison, we didn't know if that was going to work. Yeah. We know through the first two months that that did not work, and now that's two in a row. If you count, if you include uh, Cesar Hernandez from last year, uh, <laughs> second base solves that have not not been the answer. And um, you'd have to imagine that finding somebody that can play there is on Rick's to do list for for the trade deadline. But listen, 
they got to be within striking distance come the trade deadline. And and right now, they don't look like the kind of team that, that, that could be right there. I heard the Cubs have a second baseman that's I, available. You know, I'm fine if we just avoid second base. Let's just take a loss on second base, and let's just improve every other position because I, I, I just done with second base. Because Cesar Hernandez uh, now is uh, an above-average hitter uh, with the Washington Nationals. As he was for right. Cleveland before uh, the White Sox yeah, got him. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and Connor, I think the White Sox second base is just cursed. Uh, I think that's just the point that we're getting to. And Connor Pilkington, who was traded uh, just went five innings today for the, the Guardians and had eight strikeouts and no earned runs so uh, real salt in the wound there but only five games out and it's not like the team above you is is good I understand that the Twins have a, a winning record but they keep losing to Detroit of all teams they're 30 and 22 Sox are 23 and 25 five games back uh, but out of their last 10 Twins are four and six. White Sox are four and six. So it, it's not like you're you're losing a ton of ground here. So I, I understand that this team is bad. And someone's saying I'm very optimistic. Uh, yes, they have let us down forever, except for 2005. Uh, but also, like the game, the season isn't over. Like no. the, the Minnesota Twins suck. It's only a third. The White of the Sox way over. suck. The Twins also suck. I would ask both every, of these things can be true. I would ask everybody who's watching or listening to this. Do you truly believe the White Sox are this? Do you truly believe that they're that Grandal cannot hit anymore? Right. That Yoan Moncada is bad it's- at baseball now, and that the rest of the team can't hit, and they're scoring three and a half runs a game. Do you really think that this team is this? If you do say no, then yes, you should have faith. You should be optimistic about the future. Currently, you should be pissed that the team is playing not up to their standards, but also know there's plenty of games left for them to get back to where they should be. And the Minnesota Twins, I don't think, I just looked at their lineup today. They're not that great. They're better than the White Sox right now, five games ahead of us, but they're not that damn great. And beginning of the season, you weren't talking about the Minnesota damn Twins. You were talking about the Tigers, who are not playing well, and Mm -hmm. you're talking about the White Sox at the top of the AL Central. You know that the the White Sox still have something inside them that they can get this job done. Put some money down. Go to points bet right now and put the White Sox down for the AL Central title. I'm going to do that. Hell. Twins ain't shit. I don't know how this got to this point, uh, but that's, <laughs> your, the twins. that's your points bet pick of the week. talking garbage out here. <laughs> if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only do you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, which you could use to bet on the White Sox to win the AL Central, I would definitely use the risk-free variety, nope. friends. But if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from CHGO. Geo Locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois. Download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. That is the pick of the week. Uh, We got Points bet pick of the week right now, and Herb just gave it to you. It's a a perfect segue. White Sox to win the AL Central. Uh, Last time I checked, it was still uh, minus money for the White Sox to win the AL Central around 105, minus 105. So even if you put five down, you're only taking around uh, 478 home. So uh, Vegas still thinks that the White Sox can win the AL Central. 538 right now I think has them 13 percentage points behind the Twins to win the AL Central. White Sox still have 16 games against the Minnesota Twins. KPW says the Twins are 5-6 and six against teams who are 500. Obviously, we just saw, and I made the point earlier, the White Sox also aren't good against teams above 500, but they've played a lot of teams above 500 so far early on in this season. So I'm not trying to say that you know this team is good, but the division is trash, uh, and that's the most important thing. That's why we thought that this White Sox team could run away with this division before the start of the year and with all of their players underperforming or what it feels like all of their players are underperforming. Uh, Yasmani Grandal isn't this bad. Uh, Yohan Moncada probably isn't this bad. Eloy Jimenez isn't this bad. AJ Pollock is showing you right now that he isn't this bad. Those guys will turn around and the other guys have been performing mainly. Uh, And I feel like those guys can even improve too with a little bit more of health like Robert, Vaughn, and, and Anderson. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. Fred in the comments is right. They, they're the ones who established the uh, expectations for this year, and that was to win the World Series. And they are the ones who said that anything less than that was not going to be acceptable. I think a lot of, I think a lot, some, a lot, I'm not quite sure how many, people, including myself, thought that they had a roster to get that done. Right. Uh, 
And then since opening day, that roster has not performed to the level that could get that done. Now, there's a reason a baseball season six months long, and they don't pick the, the teams that get to go to the World Series after two months. Uh, and so, like you just said, Sean, there's, there's ample time for this to, to turn around. So far, it's been not just disappointing, but shocking, I think, how they've played. Um, and I think that you have to give them the four months to, to thoroughly prove themselves wrong, if that makes sense, that they are not a World Series caliber team. You can't say it on, on June 1st. you, you got to wait until either A, they're, they miss the playoffs, or B, they are eliminated from the playoffs, because you're right. That is the expectation that they set for themselves. It's up to them to live up to it, which to this point, they have not. Well, and the Pythagorean win-loss record is something that you know people... Uh, debate. It doesn't actually mean anything. Oh boy, I'm back uh, in uh, high school geometry. Oh, there's no actual angles or cosines here. I always sucked at that. Uh, But basically, they just take how many runs you've scored, how many runs you've allowed, and try to put together a record for you. Right now, the White Sox are 23 and 25. Uh, Their Pythagorean win-loss is 18 and 30. So that just kind of shows you that they're overperforming what they're currently doing. I mean, their run differential is atrocious. I'm not saying this team is not good at baseball, but also the fact that they're 23 and 25 with a negative 50 run differential it says something to me. The fact that they're still in this AL Central with a negative 50 run differential says something. I, I, I think that you're still getting top-of-the-line pitching from this team. And again, the hitting isn't here. I can't tell you that the hitting's here. They just walked once against Toronto. Toronto won today because of walks. They kept innings alive because of walks. They kept guys on base. They kept frustrating Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech couldn't get out of innings because the Toronto Blue Jays can't walk. The White Sox won't do that to anybody. But also, they haven't played 50 games yet. So I'm not trying to be minus 47. So they're they're just a little bit above uh, minus 50. So there you go. That's a little moral victory for you. Uh, But still, it's like your last in walks, your last in walk rate. I don't think it's going to be as cratered as as it currently is right now. And part of it is Grandal's not walking. Mankata's not healthy and isn't walking. Maybe that will turn around. They're bad at baseball right now, but... So is the AL Central. And there's a a comment a little bit up there like, you know, there's no reason to compare yourself to the other teams uh, in the AL Central. I don't care how other teams are. Consistently looking at how other uh, bad other teams are uh, doesn't matter. The team is awful right now. It should be uh, five up uh, rather than behind. Severely underperforming. Absolutely. But what can also be true is that the twins that are ahead of you aren't as good as their record tells you. The White Sox right now aren't as but, bad as the record but these tells points, you. But these points that, that people are making are, are not wrong in that Correct. winning the division isn't enough. Right. You know what I mean? That, well, that's, absolutely. That's, it's not enough according to the White Sox. But it's not enough. It let, let's, let's get there. Right. Well, you, you, I mean, you got to win the division to get to the yeah. playoffs to win the World Series. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just going Sure. I don't know if anybody else knows this. The only way, well, this bad White Sox team is getting to the playoffs is by winning their division. They possibly can win the wild, wild card, but this, wild, this White Sox team that you see playing today is not winning any wild card. Some other team will pass them up. I think they're like three and a half games out of the wild, the last wild card spot, of an expanded wild card. So, yes, their best option is to play versus the bad teams in their division and eventually beat them. Well, That'd and if this, if this current White Sox team, the way they're playing, manages to win the division with a apparently sub-500 record, that would be very impressive just from a mathematical standpoint that <laughs> that was even possible to happen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, hey, I'm not, letting, I'm not uh, having that outside of the realm of possibility. This, this division's shit. It's terrible. <laughs> right. And the White Sox are part of it. And, they're and the playing White, terribly, too. And the White Sox haven't played the Twins. They're, they have 16 games right there to make up against them. They're 0-3 against the Twins, and I, I didn't feel like the Twins were that good or that much better of a baseball team uh, than the White Sox. Fred has a comment up there uh, saying that the Blue Jays are fun to watch even when they lose. The Sox are not fun uh, to watch even when they win, which honestly is, is kind of the case right now because when they're scoring five runs, I think they have a, a, a you know a, a horrible uh, record compared to the major leagues. It's around a 50% win percentage, and when other teams are scoring five more runs, it's around an 80% uh, percent win percentage, right? Like, you know, the White Sox right now, they're winning low-scoring games, very tight games, very tense games, but we know that this White Sox team can be fun, and part of that fun is Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson's not there, so I'm just thinking that, you know, a lot of this, and I, I've thought of this too, like, you know, 
the, the fun isn't there. That excitement isn't there for the White Sox. We've talked about a couple boring games this year. That's just not the White Sox. It's not the White Sox who we saw in 2021. That's not the White Sox who we saw in 2020. That's not the White Sox who we saw in 2019. A worse version of this 2022 team. I understand that the results are frustrating. I understand that 23 and 25 isn't a good record. They're below 500. They are getting outscored uh, by other teams. Uh, at a differential of minus 50 like they're they're a bad baseball team making bad base running errors uh bad fielding errors not walking like there's a lot wrong with this team and they're still in it so i'm just saying that it, it, i don't think that it's going to be all bad so i i get right now it's, it's tough but even Jack Scambader down there says 87 wins will win the AL Central. Uh, that's not too hard to get to. Uh, we got the, 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 the you, win, you win 60, you lose 60, uh, the other 42 uh, graphic. Sox are at 14 wins. This is their 16th loss. They're 9-9 nine and nine in the other 42. Uh, you know, if we're thinking that this team is going to be a 500 team, this should look like 60-60, 21-21, -60, and then, you know, We'll have a 500 team, uh, but I, I just have a feeling that you're probably going to end up with more wins than losses in that other category, and that's what you got to focus on is that right now the 16 losses are there, uh, but that, those 14 wins are going to change. You're still going to see more of Kansas City. You're still going to see more of Detroit. You're still going to see more of Minnesota. Uh, you're going to see the Los Angeles Dodgers, who you're going to beat three times next week. So, <laughs> you know, there you go. I mean, I, I understand that it's difficult, but – this can turn around with a good month, and this is only the first day of June. All the Sox have to do to win the 87 that Jack Scambader talked about is win, I think I calculated, what is it, like 64 games out of the 114 games they have left. Not impossible. They can do that. Did you get to 87? Yeah. Yeah, they can do that. They can easily do that. So it's not that hard. It's just playing the way that they played for the most part, in the first half of last season. Right. Once they get back the reinforcements and they, the guys played as they should, I think the White Sox will be fine. But right now, we're currently in June 1st. It's frustrating as hell. How many it's wins so, you say? Uh, they have 23, so they need eight to get to 87. They have 20, uh, 25. Or 20, what did I say? 64. 64. 64. Sorry, yeah. 64. So they need to win 56% of their games. Easy. Their next 114 games. Easy. So they need to go a little bit above 500 to get to 87 wins, which, you know, isn't great. That isn't great to see after a 93-win year, but... Yeah, I'm not quite sure what you guys are talking about here. Like, yeah, okay. You, you're, like, trying to figure out how they can win 87 games. Like, the team's supposed to win the World Series. Like they no, need but to be a lot get, better than that. Hey, no, I'm hey, saying hey, they're hey, not in the playoffs right now. I'm real. just trying to get them in the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, as somebody pointed out, the white I think uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth, they have solid so you're looking, pitching. You're looking for a repeat of Tony LaRusso's uh, bad Cardinals team that won the World Series. I, I think people, I, I think people would, would take. I think people would take that Boy, result right what now. What a thing to root for, right, right there. Well, and hey, here's the thing too. <laughs> Vinny, you were called the water water carrier earlier in the comments, and here here you are the the one person on this podcast that keeps bringing up, hey, isn't their goal the World Series? Isn't their goal the World yeah. Series? So I just want to say to that commenter, you're dead wrong. Vinny's not <laughs> carrying water. You're stupid. Uh, thank you. Uh, anyways, guys, we're all frustrated. We're all frustrated. What a fun, what a great fun time we had tonight yeah. on the podcast. And these White Sox are making us frustrated. The only reason they make us frustrated is because they're better than they are showing. So. We all know this. We are just going through it right now, just like you guys are. And yeah, Vinny's usually the the like the the calming figure, but he's telling us that's their own words. They said they want to be World Series. And yes, I'm kind of softening because hell, World Series, that's up in the clouds. That shit is done. They're not winning the World Series this year. I don't know if I need to break something to you. Now I'm just fighting scraps so I can just hold on. And, yes, after the season, if they don't win the World Series, I'll say this is a failure. I can say this right well, now. If is this keeps up until, you know, yeah. June 30th, then, yeah, we're probably going to be a lot but, more pissed off. But I'm trying to find something. Like, they're playing shit, but they're not this. That's why I can feel like there's some optimism on the on the horizon. They're not beating the Dodgers like Sean's saying. Sean's crazy. There, don't <laughs> no. Don't, I said don't no. I didn't Sean. say beating the Dodgers. It's sweeping. They're the not Dodgers. sweeping the Dodgers. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> put the correct words in my mouth. They're gonna win the hey, AL Central. Hey, though. what Sean is saying is that the Sox are as good as the Pirates. That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> yes. Hey, that Pirates team is closing in on 500. So, you know, White Sox, White Sox are heading in a different direction, friends. Uh, but, you know, it, that's how it happens. I, I think, you know, if you start seeing the White Sox Ooh. walk, I think things will start feeling a little bit uh, better. What? Sean, you're Pirates. 
Eight to two over the Dodgers. Baby. In the ninth inning. Let's go. Dude, uh, two outs. Ooh, we <laughs> put it on them. Uh, Apparently, it could be worse, Sox fans. You could be Dodgers fans. Yes. There you go. Uh, <laughs> you're losing to Toronto, who's nine games above 500. You're not losing to the Pirates. Uh, this is Michael Kopech. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end here. Uh, Daryl Vance Gowan, the brave lone reporter up in Toronto. The only man to make the ch- 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 to cross the border. A little uh, intimate interview, too, for uh, Daryl. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Just for a little, little chat with Michael Kopech. <laughs> uh, but this is Kopech uh, on his start. I need to pitch. Uh, I need to be pitch to pitch and be present with every pitch I throw and be there for every at-bat of it. Today, I was at-bat to at-bat looking for a result that wasn't there yet. It's a patient process. They're definitely a great hitting team. As a pitcher, you can give great hitting teams a little too much credit where it becomes a bit of a mind game. I did that today. I tried to make my pitches better than what they were, and these guys kind of made me work that way. So it's really just kind of Kopech saying maybe it was a little bit in my head. I was I was pressing, uh, honestly. And, and with a team that's losing as much as they are, Kopech probably feels like he's got a lot on his shoulders, especially after just beating New York. Um, and, and the stuff still looked effective. Like, it looked sharp. It looked fast. Like, the velocity was there. It just wasn't that pinpointness. And interesting just to hear that he didn't mention, at least right now from what we know from this little pit that Daryl gave us, uh, he didn't say anything about the rest affecting him as well. So uh, we'll see if that is a, a true storyline that develops but Michael Kopech uh, not his best start of his career but hopefully uh, the, the next ones will be uh, a lot better than this uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today guys any final thoughts for you no socks are bad yeah. let's, let's be better tomorrow and the only thing that makes this bearable is a CHGO post game. So that's good to hear. Thank you, Fred, for hanging out with us. And I understand it's frustrating. I understand that the word pressing is very, very difficult to hear. Uh, and, and Fred's right. They just need a 10 to 2 win so they can celebrate. I don't know if that's going to come tomorrow between the Blue Jays and White Sox. The White Sox will be throwing out Johnny Cueto. The Blue Jays will be throwing out Alec Manoa. I think it's Alex with a K, but I don't know. Alec. It's Alec with a K, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. but how do you... S- Alec. Alec? Like smart Alec. Yeah. Okay, like A-L-C. With the set of the C in there. All right. Well, Alec Manoa will be going up for the uh, Blue Jays. He's got the fourth best ERA plus in baseball now. So we will see what happens tomorrow. Uh, it will be Herb and Vinny for you on the pre and post game tomorrow. One ten starts. That means a 12-30 pregame. And uh, final out. Uh, we'll, no, a little we'll later. Post-games. Yeah. Two o'clock start. Two o'clock start. One yeah. thirty pregame. One thirty right. for pregame. Yeah. One thirty pregame. If you're in the Mountain Time, it'll be twelve thirty. <laughs> Two ten start. We have confused everyone. And if you're uh, <laughs> Pacific Time, eleven thirty a.m. That's for Dan Payton. Pre-game. That's I'll for Dan California. Payton. Yeah, shout out. Uh, KPW uh, is in Toronto, so it's probably around uh, you know twelve tens the start time. So probably around one thirty. I think they're Central Time. Is Toronto Central? No, time? they're Eastern. What are Eastern you time? talking about? I don't know. I'm trying <laughs> to end the show. Uh, a lot of times don't I don't know. Canada. You know that Michael Scott quote? It's like sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it's going. Oh boy, that was that one. That well, honestly, that's me from like nine thirty to ten thirty. Uh, that just feels like the whole show sometimes. <laughs> uh, but that's gonna do it for Vinny Tuber. You can follow him on Twitter at. Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO White Sox beat writer. For Herb Lawrence, you can follow him on Twitter at EcknerWall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. And we were produced today by Stephen Nicholas. Shout out to Fleetwood Mac for the 1979 album Tusk. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.